Eugene PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk a little Cougar football and college football with Dylan Colley. And he joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Dylan, good morning. Morning. Happy Tuesday. How are we doing? Good. As a former wide receiver... Did you find the Troy game much more fulfilling than Navy? I mean, it, it's great to run over a team, but isn't it better to throw for have the starting quarterback throw for almost 400 yards? Uh, 100%. I think as, I, uh, as you watch games like that, that's when you start praying, right, inside the 10-yard line that we can get some holding calls, maybe some <laughs> personal fouls. Back it create up. A huh? little, yeah, create a little more space. <laughs> with that in mind Dylan when you get in that situation how difficult is it to move the ball because everything is so condensed yeah I mean uh, luckily I think in today's game right maybe 10-15 years ago you had uh, such a focus right on just well we're inside the five let's go ahead and pound it um, but uh, the game has kind of changed in the way that plays are called and plays are designed that there is a, you know, uh, offensive coordinators have created a ton of space, right? Instead of thinking, hey, we have the five-yard line, right? Uh, how are we going to get across the goal line? You're now looking at, okay, we have a full 15-yard because of the back of the end zone. Um, and there are a variety of defenses that are played down in the red zone, especially if you're playing against a, a, a heavy pass team. Um, and so there really is a lot of space down there. And, you know, I think uh, – we obviously pounded it down pretty dang good, but um, to see the pass game really open up was 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 a real good time. So I probably know the answer to this. You probably come to this completely biased, but one thing to do when you get down there and there isn't much space is to run what offenses like to call rub routes, which are technically yeah. very complicated and hard to run, and what defenses call pick plays, which are just cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is. Let me tell you, if there is one play where it was either, if it was going to be third and three, right, third and three, fourth and three and under, um, whether you're out in the middle of the field or at the goal line and you're under the five-yard line, right, the rub route is hands down. I mean, I think I probably scored three or four touchdowns uh, just on rub routes, right? And there is nothing better because you're so used to playing at 100%, right? How fast, you know, uh, as a Pop Warner player, consistently told to just run faster, right? Whereas a rub route and, and these types of plays, you get just complete uh, patience. And it's more of like a basketball play where you get to set up the pick. And you can almost walk the route. And as long as you don't touch the defense, especially in college, Right, because the rule is you just can't make contact. You can't be setting a pick. You have to act as if you're running through. Um, it's kind of an unstoppable play unless your defense is really keen to switching and their communication is good enough. Because if not, right, if you're trying to play man and you guys trying to get over the top and run underneath, then you're so prone to getting beat by a guy who just needs to get to the sidelines as quickly as possible, right? And that's something that is uh, uh, it's a hard play to defend no matter which way it's going. Um, and if you can just get a quarterback that can put the ball on a line right to the outside shoulder, you're in good shape. 
Zach Wilson seems like he's coming into his own in his third year, and they've been talking a lot of it is the knowledge, the skill, and also the health. What are you seeing from him right now? Uh, I I think, to be completely honest with you, right? I think my uh, I get a lot of I get a lot of slack for uh, my comment after the uh, after the the bowl game in 2018, right? About what I believe Zach Wilson could be, which is one of the greatest BYU quarterbacks of all time, yep. right? So now that we're all seeing, you know, outside of the mental, we see a full health, right? We see a kid who is uh, comfortable with his receivers. He has a phenomenal offensive line. I mean, when it comes to just flat-out arm talent, technique, being a quarterback, uh, I think a lot of people are now seeing that Zach Wilson really does have that capability of being one of the greatest of all time at BYU. Right now, how does he spend this next two years? What happens mentally? All of these things. Yes, there are those things that go into effect. But as you've seen, right, the way he carries himself, some of the balls that he – the touchdown that he threw to Isaac Rex, right, um, you look at that as, oh, a nice little 8- to 10-yard touchdown, whereas he's rolling out to the left and can get the ball across his body and drop it in right behind the defense to get to Isaac to where only Isaac can get it. Uh, The dude has all the tangibles and all of the ability to be, you know, uh, the top-tier quarterback that he is. And I just hope everyone's starting to realize that. Dylan Colley joining us, former BYU wide receiver. So do you think Louisiana Tech is going to be the best of the three teams they've played? And if that is true, do you think BYU can still hang up half a hundred, as the old ball coach used to say? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be the toughest test for the defense, right? Um, simply because of the, the speed, right? The offense they run, you have a team that's going to open it up and, and throw the ball, right, 40, 50, 60 times. And so as long as the stamina from the defense is there, then there's no question that it's going to end up being, right, I, I truly believe it's the same situation that Navy and Troy were. I honestly thought that Troy was, uh, was going to be a very close game, right? Um but it just proved to me, watching that, that you know this BYU team is, is even a lot better than I thought. Um, and so as long as they can keep that, that the defense, right, as long as the defense can keep the offense kind of stalled, um, you know, making the right hits on the receivers because that's what's going to happen is they're going to end up throwing the ball. It's a matter of how fast can you get downhill and how aggressive can you be on receivers because the more times you hit a receiver, the less times they want the ball. Right, and so it'll be a very similar uh, situation to when BYU plays Hawaii. Right? How are you going to play that type of offense that's going to throw the ball fifty to sixty times um, and make sure that you're maintaining pressure and keeping the stamina up? So, offensively, I don't worry. Right? Uh, Louisiana Tech's defense is very similar to Troy's. Um, the receivers, the running backs, the offensive line. The offensive line is way too dominant, especially against these teams like Troy and Louisiana Tech, for there to be any sort of actual worry that Zach's going to have any pressure, right? So as long as those things all kind of line up, um, 
whatever the spread is, right? I'd take the spread for BYU again. You bounced around a little bit in your career, college. You know, you start go to BYU, go to Hawaii, and then come back. So you probably played for. I can't even remember how many coaches you played for, but you look at now BYU, particularly on offense, which has been really good the first two weeks, uh, and you got experience offensive line and a quarterback, obviously, but you also have uh, the nucleus of the offensive staff there and has been there now for three years. How important is that continuity with relation to, with the relationship between the players and the coaching staff? Uh, I would say it's probably the largest part of their success, right? Uh, I just even being able to play for a coach for two years in a row, right, uh, is brings a lot of comfort. I think the most success that I had on any of the teams that I played on, right, was uh, our sophomore year at Hawaii, um, where we even just won seven games, right, and that was Rolovich's second year at Hawaii. Right, but the comfort, the understanding of the offense, it's a game changer. So to know that all of these guys, you look at the core of the offense, they're not only right. It's not just the offensive staff that's been there for three years and have uh, gotten comfortable in this offense. This, the offensive players have all been there um, since the beginning with these guys, and they've grown with these guys. And so I think that's a huge part of the trust, and, and quite possibly the largest part of their success is just simply understanding the offense and going out there because the game becomes so much slower when you have that type of understanding. When the offense becomes second nature, you go out there and when you line up it is, and you have the talent, it's kind of a cakewalk, right? Um, and so, you know, I think, I think that's a, a big part of the success and you'll continue to see that, right? So where is the biggest payoff in that? Is it the fact that the, the systems don't change and the players get comfortable and they aren't thinking about every detail, they're just kind of reacting because they really know it? Is it, uh, is it more that the, uh, the, they really get the confidence from the coaches and they got that relationship so in a tough situation everybody believes they're going to make the big play that's going to get them through it? What, where's the real payoff in all of that? I, yeah, I, I, think, I think the first part, right, the, the actual mastery. If you think about uh, the ability to go out and do a job, when you guys get up, right, um, and you start your show, it's at this point, right, at this point it's probably pretty easy to feed off one another and to be able to carry on a conversation for how long your show is. And so it is just that mastery and that continuity and doing things so many times uh, that you do just kind of have this next-level understanding and next-level comfort. I think in terms of the high-pressure situations, uh, last year we saw a lot of high-pressure situations for, for BYU, and it was carried by a lot of the seniors, right, the Micah Simons and his ability to convert in the Tennessee game. Uh have, has this team been tested this year? No, they haven't. Do I think that there's going to come a point where they are tested? Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how they react. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to say, well, in big pressure, pressure situations, this team being together for so long has been, you know, a nice little positive. But, you know, 
we, we don't know that yet. Yeah, that's a good point as far as what we've been doing. And, you know, that's a good analogy is that you can really see it. You know, we do have that level of comfort and football teams. I think it's an underrated portion of what goes on and you nailing it as far as the probably the number one reason for the success and it's something it's it's funny because we dissect everything so many different ways but that's one of the things that I don't think that gets enough credit and I think that as a former player you can see that so when you look at this coaching staff particularly on the offense what do you think is making it be as good as it is in terms of the results uh if you look at who the top performers are on the offense, you look at the relationship that they have off of the field, right? Um, just coming to mind, right? You have Zach Katoa and Tyler Algier, who are extremely good friends, okay? They feed off of the energy for one another, and you see nothing but success, Right? you see nothing but excitement and confidence in one another. It's not a matter of, hey, right, you're getting this many carries, I'm getting this many carries. These guys aren't going into Harvey saying, Harv, my 20 carries isn't enough. I need more than what Zach's getting, right? You don't have Gunner and Dax going at each other about who gets more balls, right? You don't have them... Uh, coming at Zach saying, hey, we need more, <laughs> right? I need more than Dax or Gunner saying, or Dax saying, I need more than Gunner. These guys' relationship, and then you have the offensive line who just loves each other and has since they got together and been pretty constant for the last three years. But all of these guys truly do care for one another, and they love to play the game together. And that's the type of, right, uh, that's the type of mesh that you hope for on every single team. I think the clearest example was after that sluggo route uh, that Dax Milne ran and scored, right, you saw him literally running into the end zone with a fat smile on his face and then coming back and giving Zach crap about underthrowing him, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you have on a team as long as you have that unlike that no bars hold dedication to one another, um, you, you have a pretty good chance at, at being pretty dang good. So how much of this team uh, being really pretty good, especially this offense, is because the O-line has been dominating for two games? Whether it's pass protection for Wilson or the run blocking that we saw at Navy, uh, they're just crushing these other teams. Uh, I'd probably say about 70 to 75% at least. Um, and I wish it's very easy to say you played against Navy and you played against Troy, right? Um, smaller front sevens, not as athletic. Um, I wish, you know, and, and I don't know if it's going to be the same for Louisiana tech. I don't, I think it will be, (laughs) but uh, when this team and this offensive line is really tested, you're going to be able to see how good this offensive line really is because we haven't seen the half of it. To see and know that Brady Christensen, James Empey, even you know Tristan Hodge out there and Chandon Harris, 
like we're looking at a few different uh, first day draft picks, right? James Empey and Brady Christensen for sure. And then you look at the growth of the other guys, like that entire offensive line is an NFL type offensive line. And I think you can accredit that a lot to coach Grimes and his abilities and his understanding of the offensive line position. Um, and then the way that coach Mateos kind of uh, supplements that. But I hope that everyone gets the chance to truly see how good this offensive line is in a real test of a front seven on the defensive side. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would give them at least 70 to 75% of the credit. All right, Dylan, I want to go back in a couple of different ways. I want to go back right to your last uh, prior answer before DJ's question. And you were talking about how the guys playing for each other and one player, whether it's a receiver or whatever it might be, a running backs, not going into the mm-hmm. coach and saying, give me more than the other guy and all that. So you have that unison. Now I want to go back. Oh, let's see. Was it, uh, I think it's about 13, 14 years ago. There's a guy that you know well who made what was perceived as a controversial comment as far as the magic happens uh, spiel, and we all know that. And I was standing right there because Austin gave it to me, and that's the essence of what I think he was saying, and it got misinterpreted that God helps BYU and roots for the Mormons or what have you, when really he was saying that before his mission, there was all sorts of crap going on on the team. And he experienced it, right? It was in the darkest times of yep. uh, BYU. And then he goes away. I think he went to South America, comes back, yep. and that stuff was gone. And Bronco had the ability to get everybody together. And I think that's the essence of what he was saying, not, well, God favors one over the other, but he was talking about his own right. individual ball club that we need to be together. And I think that's what you're saying now. Correct me if I'm wrong or add to it. No, uh, 100%. You're, you're absolutely spot on. And I think you're seeing a very, very similar uh, environment um, as to – now, I, can I sit here and say, and Austin would probably, <laughs> you know, uh, agreeably so, is this team – does this team have all of the talent – that that team had, right? No, absolutely not. That team was unbelievable. Um, and the amount of money made in the NFL from that team, right, proves that. And so, um, but in terms of the dynamic, in terms of the friendship, in terms of that cohesion of we can only control what's inside this locker room. And that includes being the best version of ourselves, right? Now, whether that's taking place or not, I genuinely do believe that these guys care more about what's going on outside, right, to one another, and the genuine cares of life. Um, and and that's just, you know, that just brings the greater sense of team and effort that you're willing to put in for one another on the football field, right? So you're, you're 100% spot on. I don't think that there is, you know, uh, obviously, you, you look at the, t- the way that people take things. Uh, I could only imagine if Austin said that in 2020, right? <laughs> he took a lot of flack 12 years ago, but could you imagine if he said something like that today? I think he would have been uh, uh, put in an even worse position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 
So the only thing I want to jump at, well, that's not true, but we're out of time. The one thing I really want to jump at here is you say that team had unbelievable talent and those guys made a ton of money in the NFL, but this offensive line, let's say it's best case scenario and you know they got eight starters back. That's not deniable. And the NFL's looking mm-hmm. at four guys. Let's say four of these guys have long NFL careers. You know, if you have four NFL offensive linemen, you can probably run the ball every week in college football, and you can probably keep your quarterback clean and give him a pocket to throw out of 30, 35, 40 times a game. Yep. If everybody else is a decent college football player, man, not an NFL, but a good college football player, they're going to thrive behind with that kind of offensive line on the field with them. They're going to thrive. Oh, 100%. Like, no doubt about it. You can be very uh you can be very you can be a very decent football player right if you have the offensive line that they have right now it's you're next to unstoppable and and just to go on right and i know we're out of time but you can even think about this for the next week okay you look at the offensive line and then the kicking game for byu right now the fact that they have a field goal kicker and jake Gilroy that can hit a 54 yard field goal uh, that's another thing that not a lot of people get is how truly valuable having someone like that on your football team uh, is. It's, a, it's an absolute game changer between the offensive line and the special teams and the effectiveness of the special teams. You're pretty much in a place to where it's, it's hard to lose or it's hard to not be in every single game with a chance to win going into the fourth quarter. All right, we'll leave it there. There's plenty more to talk about, Dylan, but we'll do it next week after we see the Louisiana Tech game, and I assume you're picking BYU to win that game. 100%. There you go. Dylan, we'll talk to you again next week. (laughs) Yep, have a good one, fellas.